Hallelujah. Thank you very much, guys. You may be seated, everybody. Can you feel the Holy Spirit today? If you're feeling heat and humid, that's the Holy Spirit. Believe me. Just in case, I'm going to turn the fan. Don't be mad with me. Just we have the lights as well. It's a bit hotter up here. Well, it's great to be here and see you all. Brave in the weather. The cold weather, the hot weather, sorry. And we're going to be looking at uh, continuing the series. And I basically based my message on keeping motivated for glory. Because I think when we look at the price, whatever that is in your life, uh, that thing that you've believe, been believing God for your life as a life plan or as a short-term goal, that will motivate you when you see it. But it's what happens in between uh, you, when you have the dream and you get a picture of that price and the time that you actually reach it and, and it manifests in your life. Uh, that is the part that we need to keep motivated, keep focused and keep going at it. So why don't we start by reading the Bible. Let's, go, let's turn to Philippians 3. If you brought your Bibles with you. And verse 12. We're going to read, we're going to take this little passage apart. So if you want to turn into it, we're going to be coming back to it several times. He says, not that I have already obtained all these, nor have I already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have been taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is left behind, what is behind, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. All of us who mature should take such view of things. And if on some point you think differently that too, God will make it clear to you. Why don't we pray to this afternoon? Lord, uh, we ask you to, to come in, in, in a special way as we share the word today. Lord, that you will speak to us in those areas of our lives where we need to be encouraged, where we need to be motivated, where we need to be filled with faith. That you, Holy Spirit, will do such things amongst us this very afternoon. And those forgotten dreams, those things that we left behind because of frustration or failure, Lord, you will bring them back to the front and, and make them alive again in each one of our lives. Understanding who we are in God makes a big difference when it comes to keep us motivated. We need to know who we really are. Since we got saved and accepted Jesus into our hearts, things changed. And as we go through our Christian life, that change is supposed to show more and more in what we do, in what we're motivated to do, and on our dreams and visions and things that we have for our future as well. Well, he is a good God 
that wants the best for us. This is who we are serving. He cares for us. He wants to fulfill every single one of your dreams. He wants to see you, that you have faith to go for them. It's, it's, it wouldn't be a mature relationship if you just make a wish and like a genie, God make it happen for you. Where, where is your growth? Where is your faith? Where is your relationship with someone? God will be reduced to just being a genie that you keep somewhere when you need something you call upon just to get your wish met or your whatever the price is. So this whole process of going for the price and keeping motivated in the process is about developing our faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. He wants to make sure that we are mature and learn to depend on him. In verse 12, it says, I press on to take hold of Christ and what Christ has done for us. And what is it that Christ has done for us? Well, we, I can tell you the eight, nine things that happened at the cross. There's books written about it. But I thought to take a slightly different approach, more general approach. One of the things that I believe is key is that he loved us first and put within us the real capacity to love others. Because only by understanding the love of God and by f living in that love is that we can truly love others and love him back. It's also very important in a walk is to know that we have victory over sin. We have victory over our enemies in every way. If it's illnesses, if it's financial, any area of your life. The other thing that was given to us was the spirit of boldness. To go for it. To pursue your dreams and your goals. He also gave us a sound and bright mind. That is exactly after his mind. So that we can walk in his ways. And this is the challenge sometimes of the Christian life, to understand how can we renew our mind to, to not follow the wisdom of this world that says, keep your money in the bank and you'll have more and more and more and more, but says, release, bless others, and God will bless you more and more and more and more and entrust you with more. Things like that sounds like foolish, men to, foolish things to man. But in the economy of the kingdom and in the wisdom of the kingdom of God, those are the keys that sometimes unlock those things that allow us to go forward to grab the prize. It also says there in verse 13, I do not consider myself yet to have a hold of it, but I do one thing which is forgetting what is left behind. And I thought to myself, Sometimes, even though we live in Christ and we're walking with Him, we still carry some things of the past. And many times those things that hold us back from not only keeping motivated as we wait, as we fight the fight of going for the prize, but also um, just brings a slightly depression or 
uncertainty of God really with me or without me. So one of those things is condemnation. Condemnation comes in the form of, no, I'm not worthy, I'm not really... We start looking at ourselves and, and we see a traces of sin in areas of our lives. And we, we get down into this real down spiral, which because we feel bad, then we don't come to church. And then we feel even worse we can, we, because we didn't come to church and then we sin again. And, then, and it's, it's just not healthy. And it doesn't take us anywhere. It takes us farther and farther away from God. Rather, if we focus on what He's done for us, even though it's not yet fully manifested in, a, in our lives, not consider yourself. Consider what He's saying about you. And one of the other things that are very key is failures. How do we deal with failures? And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. We need to get rid of this old way of thinking. Our own wisdom, because of our experience, we said, oh, this works, this doesn't work. And really, we don't filter that through the Word of God, through words of faith, through the promises. And when that happens, then we're not really learning anything from our failures. We are just applying the wisdom of this world and our own wisdom. Also, it's the sense that we can achieve, of what we can achieve. We need to forget that, okay, I am, I'm Esteban, I have this, this, and that. I'm this tall, so therefore I can do this, this, and this much. When we are with Christ, we are like an ant sitting on an elephant. It's not necessarily what we can achieve as we see ourselves in the mirror. But it's what we can achieve through Him. And how far can we go through Him? One of the big things that I think dents our motivation is fear. Fear dents and sometimes tear down our motivation like nothing else. It can be fear of failure, it can be fear of man. But remember, the Bible says it's not given to us the spirit of fear. We need to fight that, we need to step back when things are not going away and thinking, am I just not pressing on because of fear? What, what really is happening in this situation? Because fear sneaks in and paralyzes. There's also the issue, what I call the issue of the will of God. We trip and fall once on our way to get this prize, and you start doubting yourself. Oh, maybe this is not the will of God for my life. No, no, maybe this is, this is not what I'm meant to be doing. No, maybe this is, the, the, I, I shouldn't do, I, I shouldn't keep pressing on. I should step back, sit at home, do nothing. No, this is not good. Until I hear from God, because I got burned once, until I hear from God, I'm not going to do anything else. Well, let me tell you something. God is not going to come and twist your arm to get out there and do something. He's a respectful God. He respects your will above His plans for you. You are the only one that has the power to stop the purpose of God for your life. Nobody else around you, no circumstance around you, not the whole hell, if it's turned loose against you, can stop the purpose of God that He has for your life. But you can. By doing what? 
by doing nothing. I think I touched on this before a few times, but if you move, he can correct your move. He can correct your walking and tell you, no, that's not the right path, my son. Turn a little bit. Oh, that's perfect. That's where you should go. But if you're sitting, doing nothing, and not going for anything just in case it's not the will of God, then we could get into trouble because years go by and nothing, nothing really happens. But he also, in this verse, it says, straining towards the goal. It shows that we have to do something that is more than pray and hope for the best and believe sitting down at home. I can break it down and saying that it implies effort. It has to do with prayer and action. So it may be that you have to talk yourself up in the morning, tell yourself who you are in Christ, remind yourself. Amen? Like Roberts always does. Tell yourself what to be and not to be. And we have to press on. It says pressing on. Pressing on is an effort. It's not just, yeah, every now and then I give it a push. No, it's pressing on. And the pressing on implies to me that the results are not there. Because if you got the price, you, you, you stop pressing on the moment you got the price. So Paul is saying here, come on guys, don't give up. Continue to press on. Continue to go for it. You're just in the middle of the process. The, the, when we face opposition, when things are not going our way, in the pursuit of our goals and our prize, that means we're doing the right thing. Because if it was that easy then it wouldn't be worth going for it. And this is what Paul is saying. You will have to press on. If you're not pressing on to it, then it's probably not a great price anyway. And f there's going to be failure and failing along the way. And if we don't know how to deal with it, we're going to be very demotivated very quickly. Let's look into that a bit deeper and to the whole failure. And, uh, and you know, we, we, we believe failure is a very negative word. I, I used to, up until very recently, want to stay away from failure. Nobody wants to be called a failure. But it may seem strong that I want to su suggest to you that failure is actually a good thing. How many times we look back at our lives and mistakes we made and kicks ourselves over them. We really do. I'm sure you have had failures in your life, uh, lost a job, have a mismanagement of money, did something that got you in trouble in relationships. But I don't know if you noticed, but life goes on, and I think it should. Many people will allow these failures to hold them back and they will withdraw from relationships and, and say, oh, I, I can't deal with this, I can't deal with that. But failure and fear of failure is effectively preventing people from following their dreams or having a go at something they may think they'll be good at or God will, is asking them to do. Failure of failure. 
fear of failing is itself failure. So if you have fear of failing and you stop doing something, you already fail. So let's think again about that. What could, a, what could it be, we, we say, if, we, if I would have gotten for it? If I had the courage? And this is good theology. I just got it from a movie I watched recently. It was very, very interesting how they were, they were trying to teach this kid how to, how to be brave. Maybe, maybe you watch it. I can't even remember the movie to quote it. But the father said, you only need 30 seconds of courage. When you're faced with that fear, you only need that 30 seconds of courage to say, no, I'm not going to fall for it. I'm just going to go. In our case, rather than in the movie, we said, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to take the step of faith. Peter said, I'm going to step out of the boat. Let's see how this works. And walked on water. A guy called Sig Sigler, obviously he changed his name, is a motivational speaker and a business guru, if there's such thing. One said, failure is an event, not a person. What tends to happen is that the moment we fail, we are failure. And that's what kills us and kills our motivation. Failure is the correct path to success. It's not who you become if you fail. We can tell of you know, a few examples from history. Uh, Winston Churchill, for example, he failed the sixth grade. He was defeated at every single election for public office until he became prime minister, age 62. Talk about giving up on your dreams. 65 is the retirement age, right? He didn't. He turned out to be one of the most renowned prime ministers in the whole world. Success is not final. Failure is not fa fatal. It's courage to continue that counts, says, said Winston Churchill. Courage to continue what counts. Or also the well-known story of Albert Einstein. He couldn't speak, apparently, until, until he was four years old. He couldn't read until he was seven. He was kicked out of school. His parents thought he was subnormal. When he was kicked out of school, the teachers described him as mentally slow, unsociable, and forever in foolish dreams. Is any of you forever in foolish dreams? No? Maybe you're the next Albert Einstein. Who knows? If you don't follow your dreams, you will never know. So, you see, failure is actually on your side, if you take it that way. Because allow us, it allows us to grow, to learn from our mistakes, to find new opportunities. Failure may be a source of encouragement, if you use it the right way. Even though you didn't get the results you wanted, at least you were trying to do something. So many people, because of the fear of failure, do nothing. Yet, the dreams, and so the dreams are prevented from happening. So don't worry about failure. At least you have the courage. Remember that courage. 
is not the absence of fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. But it's taking action through that fear and following what you believe God has called you to do, what you believe you have to do in your life. It also makes you stronger. If you are a little stubborn like it could be, that's what my wife tells me. I don't know if it's true. but You know, when you fail, you just want to do it again to do it right. And it gives you, if you're a certain type of personality, I understand that doesn't work for you. But if you're another type, it will really work for you. Because you fail, you think, this thing's not going to beat me. And it actually energizes you and motivates you to get it right the next time. So fa failure can also make you stronger. It definitely will help you to learn. Well-known story as well, Thomas Edison, who said that he failed. He said he hadn't failed in his hundreds of attempts to create the light bulb. His answer to a question about his failures what was that he had not failed. He just found hundreds of ways of making a bulb that didn't work. Until he finally got the right one. Failure is a way to get results you don't want. But it doesn't necessarily has to be a negative thing. It's simply an opportunity to try a different method and learn. It definitely helps us grow. When we fail, we need to chew on our pride. We need to re-examine what we're doing. And it makes us grow and mature. But if you just let it beat you, there's not much growing there. But if you stand up, refocus yourself, rethink your, what you're doing, and try again, surely you've grown a great deal by defeating failure and going forward. Failure also can create new opportunities. We believe that everything happens for a reason, so we just sometimes don't know what that reason is. Often, when we fail, we come across unseen opportunities. Oh, wow, look at that. And, and sometimes, I don't know if it has happened to you, you're working on something uh, uh, for your job, whatever it is that you do, and you're doing this, and you fail, and you are hitting your head against the wall because you've been weeks of work to get to this point. But then you realize that for another project that I'm doing, actually, this was a good lesson. And I will apply this failure to something else, and that will work. And sometimes there happen things like that. But it's so important that we understand that this is part of the process and that we make the most. We keep ourselves focusing on Jesus, focus on him and what he's done for us and let him speak to your heart and say this is the things that I have for you these are good things and even in the midst of failure we we can come into his presence he says you know he will comfort us that's why he sent the Holy Spirit because he knew we will fail we will need him to comfort us failure above all I think it gives us the best chance for success Research out of Stanford University has shown 
that those who are at the top of the field, whatever they do, are the ones who have failed the most. Having to persevere to learn a new skill gives you the advantage over someone who gets it right the first, the first time. Learning many ways on how not to do it gives you the edge over the person who hasn't had that experience. So don't view failure as bad luck, God is against me. Instead, look at each attempt to reach your goals as a triumph. At least you went for it. There's always something to learn, to grow, to see different viewpoints, new opportunities. And remember, if you never fail, you'll never succeed either. So many times in our Christian life and in our normal lives, we have certain goals. And a goal could be as simple as say, I want to get out of this platform. But it's all dark, so I cannot see my way out. I don't want to fall down here. I'd prefer to go down the steps. And you're walking around in the dark, and you fail. You trip on the fan, fail. You stand up, turn around, walk, 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 nothing happens, nothing happens, don't find the end of the, this platform, I can't get out of here, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, and you start losing your motivation, and what happens? You trip again on the speaker, you fall and fail again, and you didn't realize, but you were going in the right direction, and you were only four steps away from your exit, from your prize, from your goal. I don't know if you can think, go back in your life and think about many times where you've given up, or just about giving up, and you say, I'm going to do just one more thing. I'm going to give it just another go. And that was the one that was just, the door was there. No regrets now. His mercies are new every morning. His opportunities are new every morning. And if all his face fails, Let's remember that he promised, remember what he promised to us. Remember what he has done to us. When you are in the midst of failure, when you are in the midst of being completely demotivated for whatever reason, maybe it's not that you fail, but it's just things don't seem to move on. Focus yourself on when God was flowing with you, when you were going places, when you got that prize. You see, what we think about and what we focus our heart on determines a lot of how we tackle and view the world around us. So if we have a thankful heart, knowing what He has done for us, and that He's willing to do it again, and that He will open that door that seems so shut, and you know, you know that you know that that's where you, you, you should be going, then remember at those difficult times, grab, open the Bible and Psalms, read some of the Psalms that are really encouraging. Remember who your God is and what He has for you. Also remember your good friends. Don't just sob alone in a corner in your house. Everybody should have somebody that, that you should have somebody that you encourage constantly and Push them to go forward in their lives 
and that you know that you can call upon and they will do the same for you when you need it. Very important. I have this theory. Nobody's proved me wrong yet. You hear from God three ways. Directly from Him and His Word. Directly from Him, like if He speaks to you, from His Word and through the other believers. If we shut one way of God speaking to us because we don't have any friends or we just don't think anybody knows anything, we don't honor them, we don't respect them for what God's put in their lives, then we are in trouble. We, we have a third less op uh, opportunities of listening from God. And also, and in very important, remember to have fun. Sometimes the best thing you can do when you feel down, demotivated, you just fail, go and do whatever causes you to feel reju rejuvenated, uh, happy, joyful, refreshed. I, I like to watch family movies. I, I'm not nice to be around when I'm watching funny movies because my wife complains constantly that I laugh out loud all the time, over the top. It's not that funny. Yeah, this kind of thing. I, she just doesn't go to the cinema with me to watch a funny movie because I'm, I'm too much, apparently. But um, whatever is it, maybe it's uh, go for a picnic, go play football, um, you name it. Every person is different, but don't forget to have fun for crying out loud. Don't be in church all day. Go have fun with your friends. Amen? That should work. Some of that should work. We're going we're gonna to pray. I want to pray for, for people that maybe have projects and goals and, and things on hold for whatever reason, for failure, for fear. You just got tired of, of going for it and nothing happened. Um, but before that, I'd like to ask if anybody amongst us that don't know this God and this Jesus personally, as we've been talking about. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking about a form. I'm talking about knowing the person of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here that don't know Christ as their Savior here this afternoon? If you can lift up your hand. I would like to pray with you so you can receive him. Okay? You all know the Lord here? Glory. Okay, so why don't we stand up and let's pray. I, I want you to do two things. I know it's very hot. Just try to think, first of all, of those times where you got that prize. Maybe it's one time in your life, maybe it's more. But just think and focus on that feeling, that feeling that you wanted to shout praise to God, thank everybody that helped you along the way, you had the right heart, you had the right attitude, and you were really for the next big thing that was going to come your way. Ready for the next step. And also, I want you to think of remembering that time and what you were feeling. What are the things that you left behind? 
the things that you got too tired, too fearful, or just simply gave up because the failure was too big. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you in a special way. Why don't we cross your eyes for a second? Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come into every single life that have had the dreams postponed, killed, annulated, that their motivation has gone down to zero in some areas of their lives, Lord. You have called us to live a full life, full of you, full of grace, full of mercy, full of favor, full of faith. Your Bible says that the hope that is deferred in Proverbs makes the heart sick. We ask you, Lord Jesus, if hope was deferred in any person here under the sound of my voice, that you will heal that heart. Holy Spirit, come. Revive those plans, those visions, those dreams. The thing that we were put in the back burner because maybe we couldn't at the time deal with the circumstances around us. Why don't you ask him today to come into you and, and ask him for whatever that dream is. And ask him, Lord, give me a new strategy, give me new strength, give me joy, give me whatever it is that you believe caused it to fail. Ask him for it. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible with you. Lord, I pray that you will come and activate dreams in our lives right now. That we will dream about projects and visions and things that you will have us do in our lives, in our families, in our relationships, and yes, in your church, in the kingdom of God. In every area of our lives. That as these dreams, Lord, come through and become a reality in our lives, we will be able to give glory and, and there will be a living testimony of the good God that you are towards us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to challenge you this week to go and dust off some dreams, some, some projects, and really sit down with God in your time, in your quiet time, and ask Him, where do I go with this? Write them down. Have a dream book. I have a dream book. I started recently. It's a good practice. It reminds you not only of what God has done for you when those dreams come through, 
but also keeps you in, keeps the thing in front of you so that you can keep go, going forward for somebody once says and i leave you with this impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world that being sorry to find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it impossible is not a fact it's an opinion impossible is not a declaration it's a there impossible is potential impossible is temporary impossible is nothing especially with god amen thank you very much well as you go this afternoon be blessed and uh, we may see you for the five and seven service as you know bruce is is back from his break and he's going to be in top form preaching in the um, sermon of the mount and the five and the holy spirit evening will be here throughout so you're welcome to come back god bless you and see you next uh, gabriel will be back next sunday so see you then <laughs>